Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. This is Believe in Vikings. I am your host, Dustin Baker, here with Bryant McKinney, who has a Super Bowl ring obtained with the Baltimore Ravens about 10 years ago. Here with Sally from Minneapolis, Ron from Mean Prairie, and our guest is Rob from North Carolina. He's a Vikings fan. He goes by J.J. Jingleheimer Schmidt. On Twitter, Robio is his Twitter handle. Tonight, we're going to talk about Bada Bing. Patrick Peterson's back for another sequel. Uh, Jesse Davis was signed. We'll talk about whether or not that moves the needle and the draft, among other topics. That's on our agenda, believe in Vikings tonight. Uh, first, our sponsor is um, Bet Online. It's that time of year college basketball takes center stage with the final four upcoming. Uh, if you're looking to wager this year, Bet Online is number one spot for all your updated odds and info, along with great contests, including that bracket contest that hopefully participated in. Head on over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code BLEAV, believe, to get started. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Bet Online, where the game starts. The news of the day, as if it was planned to align with our podcast tonight, of course, we're not that cool, uh, was that Patrick Peterson has signed on for a sequel. He is doing P- P2 the second in Minnesota, and it, it reduces, in my opinion, anxiety about the cornerback room. Now, he's not a, a solution that's an end-all, but to me, it shows that they are aware that the depth at cornerback sucked, and now we're back to par. So any moves we make in the draft, any free agents we sign hereafter at cornerback feels like, all right, we got some we got some red meat here. Uh, Rob, you're new to the show. You're from North Carolina. I'm sure you saw the Peterson news. Does that move the needle for you, or is that a ho-hum deal? No, it moves the needle. You know, I think uh, it says a lot about the new regime to have a, a veteran player such as his caliber kind of clamor for coming back and, and wanting to be a part of it. I don't think that's typically common. I think uh, veteran players of his caliber, when a new regime comes in, they're kind of thinking that they want their own guys and they're going to get them elsewhere and, you know, probably test new waters or go back to a familiar face. So I, I like it. And I mean, even though we missed him for a little stretch last year, we saw, you know, how that loss impacted us. And, and I think he's a great locker room guy, which I think is also a trend with uh, Hicks being a, a former team captain and Z being a for, former team captain. I really think they're pulling the right guys in for the chemistry they're looking for. The thing that I like about it in particular is for some reason, and I, I, we're so obsessed and ingrained, you know, why wouldn't he want to be here? But for some reason, he likes the Vikings. and. I, I think the allure last year was Zimmer, the defensive mind. I believe that was true, and now Zimmer isn't employed here. But he he's, he wants to be here for a team that may or may not be a contender, and that's kind of, that kind of gives us warm fuzzies, in my opinion. Uh, Ron, I know you've got an opinion. Tell me what Pat P. back on the 2022 Vikings does. Well, you know, first thing, um, you know, last year when free agency opened up, um, and, you know, before we were about to record on that Wednesday, we got the news that he was signing here. So kind of just out of the blue um, <laughs> that he's signing. So it's kind of a um, perfect, um, I don't know what the word I'm looking for, but, uh, you know, to have it kind of the second year in a row, just Wednesday, he makes his decision. So, um, but yeah, like um, what Rob was saying, like, I'm glad to have him back. It brings a veteran into the room. Um, obviously we have, 
a lot of needs at that spot. Um, you know, I'm one that still thinks Dantzler can be a high quality starter in this league. And while Peterson may be on the down um, slope of his career, he still brings that veteran experience and he showed um, his value last year. So um, I'm happy that we brought him back again. You know, you can never have too many, too many high character high leader type guys. I know Bryant um, had mentioned, you know, really for the last couple of years that uh, um, who's that leader on the team that's going to get vocal. Yeah. Um, and now you have between getting Tomlinson last year, Hicks this year, um, Peterson last year, obviously, you know, we have guys who are, have been voted captains by their peers. So um, I'm all for it. Um, you know, we're, we'll still, um, have a need at that spot, but, um, giving us a veteran who can play, um, and who knows, maybe, um, in that at Donatel three, four scheme, um, you know, that there's some, I'm not going to say untapped potential because he is a veteran, but, um, some ways to, uh, disguise his, uh, shortcomings as, you know, an aging corner. So, and I say aging being that he's what 31 or something. So, yeah. um, but, be 32 uh, in July. Yeah. So, um, if nothing else, it's, you know, the, the, the optimist in me too, it's like, well, him and, uh, honey badger were close and at LSU and then, uh, Arizona. So who knows if honey badger <laughs> keeps, keeps hanging out there, um, for, for the taking, maybe that relationship alone can, uh, can get him here to play a uh, safety alongside Harrison. So but that's just the pipe dream. Um, you know, we don't have any money. I'm sure you have, you have been told that, um, with our quarterback making so much, we have no money to spend. So, um, that's still, uh, um, who knows yet to be seen. So we'll see. So if you, uh, let's freeze frame that. So yeah, we, we might become the Minnesota Cardinals with, uh, Jordan Hicks and, um, or like the Minnesota Tigers, you know, I'll get, just, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah. yeah. We've already gotten and, that. End up with Stingley, get get Matthew. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> Here's the thing. So during when the 2020 season, two years ago, was going pear-shaped and, it, you know, was still with there for the taking for the playoffs, all that shit happened that was tailor-made for the Vikings to get there, blah, blah, blah. But yes, McKinney echoed over and over that who's the leader on this team. And I tried to say Dalvin Cook after that Green Bay game where he had four touchdowns. But now, based on acquisitions that have been made since then, you look at the leader types and Peterson emphatically, Jordan Hicks, the heart of the, the Cardinals defense, so to speak. Uh, Harrison Phillips is one of those dudes. Justin Jefferson is becoming one. If you uh, believe in Kirk Cousins, he's got some of that, uh, you know, but that's really debatable. And, you know, Eric Kendricks has a little bit. Harrison Smith is a quiet one. So we went from zero that we, we could count on our fingers that day with Alvin Cook possibly to now there's like six or seven that you're like, God, if they if the right coach can do this, then boom, we might we might have something. All right. So a late update. It doesn't look like Brian McKinney or Sally are joining. We're working on Cora's audio. She was the guest for last week and I think a couple weeks before that as well. We're going to move on to the next topic with Rob, and that is. This Jesse Davis stuff. So here we go. We have a guy that played right tackle for the Miami Dolphins, who is a decent offensive lineman that is more of a pass protector than a run blocker. We don't usually do that in these parts. Uh, but on the whole, he's a, not a very splashy addition. He has started 72 games in his career, so the Dolphins like something about him, but he's not Brandon Scherf, and he's not J.C. Treader. So, Rob... Does this temporary feeling solution of Jesse Davis, does it give you any sort of relief or do you, are you still on those pins and needles that we usually feel at this time of year for the offensive line? Yeah, that move doesn't really do anything for me, Dustin. And, and thank you again, by the way, you and Ron for having me on uh, excited for this opportunity, but, but yeah, I, I think, um, you know, it gives me ideas about the Minnesota money ball mentality that we were talking about, maybe, you know, similar to the Schlotman signing, uh, maybe, you know, some guys who are familiar with a couple of the coaches that have been brought on, but not, not household names. Um, and that we can get, you know, for relatively cheap. And I think what we're saying is, you know, with really a lot of offensive linemen these days is the flexibility, you know, if you can be that, you know, backup swing tackle or be able to play guard and, you know, even be playing center, you know, with Mason Cole, as well as, you know, Bradbury and, you know, some others we won't name that have moved from center to guard as well. So I, I think, you know, having that flexibility is important, but I, I'm just excited for the unknown, you know, for that kind of the new beginnings and breath of fresh air. So I, I'm, I'm excited to just let these guys do what they think is best and see where it takes us. 
back up for a minute, uh, Rob from North Carolina. Tell us how you came to Vikings fandom. Yeah, so uh, coming up on 18 years living in North Carolina, I'm 36 years old, but I actually am born and raised in New Jersey, um, which I don't really broadcast too often, but certain words, walk, talk, coffee, dog, you know, <laughs> tend to come out. You and McKinney would have had that connection then right off the bat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's uh, he's a South Jersey guy outside of Philly, I believe. So really, yeah. really good talent pool in Jersey. Obviously, him and myself, you know, and others. But uh, <laughs> but no, my my dad, my dad, he was a lifelong Vikings fan, and you know, kind of he was one of nine, but the outsider, and all my uncles and aunts are Giants fans. Um, but he, he loved the Vikings, the purple people eaters. He was a big Chuck Foreman guy. Okay. And, uh, I just, I, I adopted the curse and, you know, ever since <laughs> I was a kid, you know, my earliest memories were, uh, war and moon, you know, behind center. And I was always, you know, the lone Viking fan really wherever I was, whether it was in school or whatnot. So I always had an immediate connection with, uh, fellow Vikings fans growing up out of market was really weird when you like I look back on it it's like I couldn't even watch more than half the games we would just you know wait and huddle around the tv for you know them to cut away to a highlight or you know boomer doing the halftime highlights like we didn't even get to watch it the direct tv was an option so now and being able to connect with so many Vikings fans it's it's really awesome so 18 years ago does that mean you came in towards the tail end of the Moss era uh, well, 18 years ago when I moved to North Carolina, but no, I, I came in, um, like I said, I'd say my earliest days remembering were, were Moon at quarterback, okay. remember some of the, um, but yeah, I mean, really, I'd say where I didn't mind being the only kid rocking a purple jersey in school and uh, would be when, you know, Randy, you know, came onto the scene and was just different cat and we we really hadn't seen so many athletes with that kind of swag yet at that point. So it was, it, that's really when it, I could say I, I started paying more attention. So, um, but, you know, have, have memories going back further. You know, John Randall was one of, you know, my favorite players. Anthony Carter was too, as okay. far as early on. And, you know, even before Randy CC, you know, he, he was the inventor of the toe drag swag. So mm-hmm. um, just, you know, incredible how he used to be able to just, reach out what seemed to be two, three yards out of bounds and still yeah. be able to retain it. So one thing about, um, but one, yeah, Matt. one thing about that, and I'm probably wrong, but I swear to God that he was the only guy that did that back then that habitually did like the toe taps and made it look so cool. And I, I, I'm probably wrong because how could the NFL exist without that happening? But it seems like now everybody has to do it. Otherwise you ain't getting drafted. And uh, I don't know. That's probably just my jaded youth coming through, but I swear now, Cora, I can't tell if your audio is working. The, the mechanics say that you have a red microphone, but now it's unplugged. All right, here's what we're talking about. We got through Patrick Peterson. It sounds like the group is excited about that. Now we're on to Jesse Davis, which is not quite as much excitement. However, it is the, pizzazz of the unknown that maybe this dude will actually be good i'm sure you saw the news do you consider this a half measured offensive line solution that we've seen for the last decade um yeah i don't know (laughs) i don't know i'm i feel like every week that i'm on here i go up and down and up and down um i i mean i guess we because he was not he was a tackle last year right and we want him at guard and right. so he started his career at right guard with the dolphins and they're kind of yeah. like us. They, they play musical chairs, which I feel like is very unhelpful. And so, I don't know. I'm, I'm excited because they hated him and they were like laughing at him as we were laughing at the Dozier signing or no, was it the Dozier signing or was it the Hill signing? It was Dozier with the Do- bears. Dozier. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, they like said, we were laughing at him. The bears so, Twitter account says they got a bulldozer. That's what this yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You got some Maybe. damn thing, but All sorry. Maybe. I interrupted. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so, but you know, he's, it's a different position and they, from what I heard, he was better at guard than he was at tackle. So hopefully it'll be, I'm not very excited about it. I just feel like we're, it's just another bandaid over the offensive line. Um, and so, I don't know. We'll see. I, I don't understand why we're like, I mean, we have, we have Smith and Hunter on our, you know, outside linebackers now. And so 
they're just so awesome. Why we can't get someone equally as awesome on the offensive line. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Brian O'Neill. He has been my favorite since we drafted him and I love him, but there's really only one fancy guy star on the offensive line and we need more. (laughs) Agreed. Agreed. So, so Ron, um, Rob isn't too doomsday on this. He wants to give the new regime a chance to make it work. At least that's what I extrapolated. Uh, I am very skeptical um, because you have to bank all of your hope on Zimmer and his pals, not knowing what they were held. They were doing for eight years. Where do you land? Well, so I'm kind of right there with Rob. It doesn't move the needle for me a whole lot. Um, now I like the signing in the sense that not every signing has to be an impact starter, like ready to go right now. The fact that he can play multiple positions um, and he is versatile in that regard. Um, if he's the sixth offensive lineman, all for it. Um, now him playing right tackle last year. Um, I think what, what some people may overlook is the fact that two was a left-handed quarterback. So he was the blindside protector. So oh, I think yeah. that's a disadvantage. That's, that's a disadvantage in its own right. You know, being um, just playing that role. So um, again, he, He's not coming in to play tackle. I mean, I think we're pretty well set with Darisan O'Neal anyways. So um, if he's coming in to compete at that right guard spot, sure. Um, or if he's coming in as just that depth guy that can play anywhere on the line, great. Um, like I said that about Ole Udo last year and even Rashad Hill, just guys who you give me guys that have had experience so that if you need to go to them, you at least know that while they're going to have penalties or they or granted he didn't have many penalties like while he may not have been as good great or grade wise he didn't get the penalties that Oliudo did so um that in its own right is a benefit because he if he's going to be out there he's not going to be negatively impacting he may not be he's not going to be Quentin Nelson out there no one's <laughs> going to confuse him for that but um if you're going to come in as a backup don't screw up like don't you're going to give up sacks you're going to give up you know missed opportunities but don't put yourself behind the eight ball. So I'm all for it in that, in that sense. Um, but yeah, to Cora's point, um, I think we've started to kind of develop those or get those, not going to say blue chippers, but with Ezra Cleveland being a second round pick. And then um, you know, obviously Darisaw last year, they have the three guys. Obviously they tried with Bradbury and he just hasn't worked out to this point. Now that's not to say he can't going forward. Cause I remember watching the combine that year and they were saying he's going to be a day one starter. He's going to be a 10 year starter and he's going to be an impactful player. They're sold hoping, on him, right? I, like uh, they think he's their guy. Well, I don't think that they do think that. I think it's more so his contract's guaranteed regardless. So if yeah. they cut him, they get no space. So why not have him be in there and compete um, and either be um, a, either win the job or be a backup? Now, I'm kind of intrigued, maybe move him to guard and like have him because he's very similar athletically to Ezra Cleveland. And um, I also, I'll give him a little bit of the benefit of the, of the doubt because when you've had Dakota Dozier and Oliudo next to you, like, <laughs> it's easier to be exposed in a negative way when you have no help out there. Then. So again, I'm not saying he's the answer, like, but he was still a first round pick still graded out highly. Let's see if a new scheme or new coaches um, and maybe just a new right guard um, will help him out. So um, that's not to say if we draft Tyler Lindenbaum, like or the Harvey's or whatever his last name is, I wouldn't be mad um, because I'm all for investing in the O-line uh, on what you were talking about there with, uh, you know, not going to be Quentin Nelson. No, usually on a right, a right guard on a football team, you shouldn't even know his name. It doesn't matter who he is. As long as he doesn't suck, then right. we're fine. So I think for that mentality, if you're looking for hope, that is the vision for Jesse Davis. Uh, not every team can have the, the Quentin Nelson or, you know, all pro guard, but the, the utopian way for these Vikings that you just have a guy who isn't horrible there because that's where accustomed to now. Now Udo was decent for a little bit and the penalty set in, but ideally with this signing, if it turns out to work, it won't be that Jesse, uh, Jesse Davis badass. It's just that he doesn't, he's not horrible. Um, I think that is that, that is what you would think. You know, I, I pointed out on Twitter. Uh, it was just an epiphany that I'm sure we've all had is that we have two left or two tackles on this Vikings offensive line that almost the entire Vikings community is like, we're set. 
but none of us are excited about the offensive line right now because, yeah. <laughs> because the guts of it is so suspect. And it's very odd that the two bookends, the most important spots, were like, oh, we're fine. And nobody in the whole world named Spielman, Zimmer, Quazy, O'Connell, nobody seems to understand that the three dudes in the middle can't suck. But uh, we'll and it up. seems like that's kind of like more more of a re- not. I don't know how recent, but within the last decade or so where defenses are starting to realize the quickest way to get to the quarterback is pressure up front. So whether it's getting the Aaron Donald or like not just up front, but right in the middle, you know, whether it's Aaron Donald, Fletcher Cox, even going back with Kevin Williams with the Vikings, it's you can impact up front. If you can cause disruption, that's a lot quicker of a way than it is to have, you know, Dwight Freeney coming around on the edge. So um, I think as more teams do that, that's where, you know, when you look at Quentin Nelson, people are like, why would you take a guard sixth overall? Well, you plug him in, he's a Hall of Famer, right? You know, he retired today, he'd probably be a Hall of Famer. So which is why they always say positional value, like, oh, you can't take a center that early or you can't take a guard. Well, true, but look at the teams that are good on the inside. Like, look at the Patriots all those years when they had Joe Tooney and Jack Mason. Um, they were always good because no one was getting up um, – in the middle on them. So I think nowadays it seems like you can almost get away with having a poor outside guy than an inside guy, because you can um, always put that tight end up there to chip or have the running back in there just to get them off their step for a, uh, for a little bit. But if you have a big guy coming up front or right over the, the center, like you really don't have a, unless you have, you know, Michael Vick in his prime, you don't have a, um, a way around that. Also right. mm-hmm. on Udo, because he switched sides. He was a tackle he used to be, when he was drafted. Yeah. Right. So, but, and didn't he, didn't he switch sides as well? Yeah. He, well, what our vision of him was when he blocked successfully against Khalil Mack in week 17 of the 2019 season, um, he held Khalil Mack in check which was like uh, he should have had a holiday in Minnesota named after him based on that offensive line trophy. Um, but yeah, they, but the Vikings, they always do this. They move dudes around. Couldn't he, cause he did well. And so wouldn't it be maybe potentially, uh, what am I trying to say? Shouldn't, uh, compete, shouldn't he compete for the other side as well? So well, like, he's not going to take a tackle job, but perhaps, perhaps he like, and Ezra could switch around or something. Yeah. Cause I mean, he was, he did show promise. At first, yeah, yeah he's he, pretty dreadful, but he, he's I he's actually outside of the penalties, he's not that bad. His PFF grade last year was better than Jesse Davis. Yeah. Oh, so let's just get that out there. All right, I want to switch topics to a player who doesn't play for the Vikings. His name is Stefan Diggs. And <laughs> Rob, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna read you about five tweets from the last week. In the aftermath of the Tyree Kill trade, he tweeted, It's always business, it's never personal. A couple couple days later. Uh, He said, let's see here. God's on my side. Then he says, don't do lame shit and expect a person to stay cool. Then he says, all the cards I dealt with, dealt, I worked with. And then uh, today he says, I got to tell y'all something. And then a couple minutes later, he had a sad face and a shrug emoji. So we know this. We've seen this. We live this. Is this a precursor? Is this a precursor, Rob, to him wanting a new contract because as it stands per average annual salary among wide receivers, Diggs is the 21st highest paid wide receiver in the world. Going to interrupt for just a second to talk about athletic greens. Tons of people take multivitamins, but it's important to choose the one that is top quality. With one delicious scoop of athletic greens, you're absorbing 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptions to start your day right. Their special blend of ingredients supports gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, recovery, focus, and even aging. It's all lifestyle friendly and fits a wide range of diets. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day. That's it. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash believe. That's B-L-E-A-V. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash believe. And then the disclaimer is these statements uh, have not been evaluated by the FDA. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. Well, first and foremost, I do not miss the cryptic tweet. <laughs> you know, 
not a big I enjoy him now that he's on a different team. <laughs> this is true. I, I, I mean, you have to give credit where credit's due, regardless of personal feeling. We all know he's much better and deserving of more money than being the 23rd highest paid in the league. Um, so, you know, they're, they're going to have to do something. You know, if you're going to bring on a star player, you're going to trade for him to bring him in and pair him up with Josh Allen you know you're going to have to pay yeah. unless you're looking at a short-term rental. And then, you know, what are you, what are you telling the other potential stars? So um, unless it gets ugly, which I suppose very well could happen. Um, I know his brother said he'd love to play, you know, with him in Dallas and they've always said they wanted to play with each other. So who knows in today's NFL, I, you, anyone could go to any team. Um, but I think if, if Buffalo wants to keep them, they certainly will. Ron, here is the the situation there. Brandon Bean said recently that basically Diggs is under contract for two years. I don't know what you guys are talking about, <clears throat> which is true. And that's usually how contracts out in the real world work. However, in sports and in, in the ever-evolving player empowerment era, that doesn't really matter. So uh, ideally for Bean, another value-oriented guy like Quazy, he would probably like this contract to play out that plops digs at age 31. And then he can decide to pay him again. And in, in a normal contract type of situation, that would probably work, but that don't work. So do you think digs is on the precipice of a trade or is they ultimately going to swallow and give him a whole new humongous $25 million per year deal? So it's kind of like a catch 22, like, and it, obviously we saw it with Diggs, but also we potentially may see it with uh, Daniil Hunter, where we sign these guys before kind of they hit that apex of their ability. So it's kind of, at first it's like, whoa, what? like we did it with Thielen even like after his first big contract, like really we're giving him all that money. And then he out earns it. Like, and he flat out did Diggs obviously has out earned it, his contract and Hunter has too went on the field. So you kind of have that where, you know, if I'm the, I'm, I'll always side with the players in terms of getting their money while they can, because they're the asset. Like they only have a short term to do that. Um, but there's always a way to handle it. So the way I see it, um, obviously Diggs got his contract. Diggs to me will always be a guy who cares more about individual success than team success. And that's just the vibe that I get from him. Like obviously when he was here, um, you know, the team was fairly successful. Um, and he didn't like the fact that he wasn't getting the targets. He didn't like that he wasn't the guy. So he goes to Buffalo. Obviously, all they do is pepper him with targets. Now, last year, that wasn't the case. Like Gabriel Davis emerged. They had Emmanuel Sanders. Like he, like look at his numbers. Like his numbers were not very good last year. So he's probably looking at it. I outplayed my contract the first year, and now I'm under contract, and I'm looking at you know thirty million dollar a year contracts mm -hmm. going out almost for wide receivers. I want to get that before I'm in my thirties, which makes sense because mm -hmm. a thirty one year old Diggs is. I mean, isn't going to get top dollar. Um, so I get that, but all these cryptic tweets and just knowing who he is, like that's are kind of what we went through here. Um, like the, <clears throat> I'm sick, like shut the hell up. Like just, <laughs> I'd rather just come out and say like, Hey, I'm not happy with my role here. I'm not, like, whatever. At least then it's, there's factual evidence behind it. Like it makes sense. Don't be like the cryptic tweets and Buffalo's a town where I don't think that they're not going to put up with that very long, especially when they have their quarterback, their, you know, franchise quarterback in town. Um, and Billy Bean, or not Bean, uh, Brandon Bean had said that he'd trade himself before he trades Josh Allen. So he's there. Now, is Diggs going to be there for the long haul? I don't know. He seems like the type of guy that would be happy to go play for Dallas with his brother and, uh, and never, you know, do much in the playoffs. So we'll see. He's not our problem anymore. Um, you know, you look at the contrast with him and Jefferson, even, um, you know, Jefferson seems like he wants to do everything that he can to help his team win, but he hasn't said anything even when he like, well, didn't break the record or whatever for Vikings history. And, you know, he didn't really seem to care all that much, like go out and get, get it next year. So, uh, that. but that, that could change. Um, but uh, at least for now, Diggs is uh, he's going to be Diggs. 
And the Cowboys well, are a team that suddenly could use a wide receiver. So it's uh, it's not quite as weird as last year when they had arguably the best trio in the world. But now they're deficient without Tamari Cooper. And the hilarious part about this contract is this contract is a Rick Spielman special. This is our, yep. fi- our final truck you uh, to the, the Diggs <laughs> trade, the Diggs situation, because it is a bona fide Spielman team-friendly deal that followed his ass to New York. Uh, Cora, break down Diggs for us. Does this end in a contract extension or a trade? Um, I, I, it'll be interesting because I was going to say that as Alan's still pretty vocal about loving digs, right? Yes. His tweets, he still comments. He still is like, I love digs. If he is quiet, I feel like the bills fan will, bills fans will turn on him. Kind of like how the Vikings fans kind of got super irritated with him. Now they think it's all kind of funny and cute. Um, cause he also commented on KJ Osborne's tweet too, when he was like, it's about respect digs, never forget it. <laughs> so, I mean, I feel like right now, everyone, at least for fan wise, everyone's still like, oh yeah, these are hilarious. We're still on board with him. But if he, if this starts to kind of like turn over into the locker room, I feel like, I feel like Buffalo and Minnesota are very similar. Like um, their fan bases are super loyal. They're super gung ho. The locker room, I feel like both teams have similar locker room feels to them. So if this starts to like eat away at the locker room, I feel like it'll be another trade. If it doesn't go into the locker room and Allen kind of like takes him aside and be like, Hey, you know, talks to him and is like, you gotta, you gotta stop or, you know, let's get you that money or something. I think maybe it'll go. I don't know which way it'll go. I mean, he's so good that I just off of his tweets, you'd hate to trade him off his tweets. Yeah. And then they're so annoying. (laughs) In in the end, if you're Buffalo, what would you have gained? You've gained two years of flirtation with the Super Bowl. And the trade has worked marvelously for them. They've got they got their number one target. A, a guy who who loves the attention very, via the passing game, and he makes the most of it. And one of the, his best skill sets, catching the ball and route running. So it works fabulous. But I'm convinced that that tweet from, what was it a year or two ago, where it talks about the quarterbacks who say God is good, running backs say keep grinding, tight ends say derp, and then uh, wide receivers say the enemy is kind and holds a knife. I'm, I'm convinced that that was made because of how Diggs operates business. <laughs> because in his in his perception, his stupid tweeting back in 2019, 2020 helped him. So why the hell wouldn't he do it again? Uh, it's an ends it, justify a mean. So I predict he's going to get a contract, probably not as big as Devontae's, but in that 25 to 28 million per season, because ultimately then you're back. If he, if they, he's not happy, you're back to the bills without Beasley, without Diggs, and boom, it's Gabriel Davis and breadcrumbs. And Gabriel Davis is coming off the fame of one badass game, which was a badass four-touchdown performance. Well, and I think because now that you have, like, performance from other wide receivers, they won't – I mean, they'll always be covering Diggs, but he won't be their main guy, you know? Like, you go into games and it's like, okay, we got to make sure Diggs is covered. We got to make sure Diggs is covered. He's our main guy that we're going to go after. Now that there's uh, now that there's other first wide receivers that have performed, mm-hmm. I feel like it might spread it out and he might have, like, a really good year next year and kind of, like, prove it. Yeah. And so, I mean, we'll see. But I feel like next year it'll be more interesting to see how his numbers are as opposed to this year because, you know, he kind of came in was like, you know, perf- like, crazy numbers. And then now it was, yeah, he came back down to earth um, a little bit. <clears throat> and the thing about this is that team is so goddamn close to getting to the Super Bowl. They can't afford to lose assets. I mean, they are dangerously close. They have like six pass rushers that the Vikings would crave as their third pass rusher. So they are, they're right there. And it's not like they can just say, well, yeah, we can go without digs for a year. They're going to have to make a decision. And I'm, I get, I'm thinking it's a, an extension and what's uh i don't think they can go without they can afford to go without winning either because i think you know the whole attitude and locker room dynamic you know the afc east with what the dolphins and jets are doing is not getting any easier it's not a you know a bloodbath division but if if buffalo were to miss the playoffs and there's a lot of frustration you know then i i could see him wanting out or clamoring for you know that kind of getting sped up a little bit yeah What's funny um, with, I don't know if it's a 
trend that's going to continue. Um, and you know, we don't need to turn into Buffalo bills fan line here or anything, but, uh, like <laughs> the other than like, or there, there hasn't been a team yet that has paid their quarterback and wide receiver because like anyone who's done it, like, you know, Dallas did it. They traded Amari Cooper. So while yes, the Browns paid Deshaun Watson, they, they weren't ones who paid Amari Cooper, but every wide receiver that's been coming up to be paid has gotten shipped off. It's, mm-hmm. They picked the quarterback or, you know, yeah, there may be cases where, you know, when it comes to the Vikings, they pick, yeah, like Hopkins got shipped off. Um, the Vikings that likely would pick Jefferson and let yep. Kurt go, like if it came to salaries, but you're not seeing quarterback and wide receivers both get paid. Like, which I don't know, again, I don't know if it's a weird dichotomy that's happening in the NFL, but that may continue to happen because, you know, again, Hopkins, when he got traded for a second round pick and granted that was probably Bill O'Brien just being an idiot. Um, <laughs> but uh, that kind of started that trend that of like, Hey, a mid twenties wide receiver who is in his prime and arguably the best receiver in football. We don't care what we get back in return. And then, Oh, Amari Cooper, like, you know, he, when he got traded from the Raiders to the Cowboys, there's another one. And then he's obviously got traded again. So um, I don't know if it's going to be something that continues, but with wide receivers earning so much money these days, like teams aren't going to be able to afford like again, teams can afford it, but teams aren't going to be able to pay $80 million for two positions on offense. They're not going to, and you've already seen it in those document situation, Rogers and Adams, even though they Mm -hmm. claim they could, they could do both out of fell out out of the sky. Tyreek Hill to the dolphins. The chiefs couldn't do it because this is the year where Mahomes' juice kicks in. We saw it with Deshaun and Hopkins and arguably perhaps now with Diggs and Allen. So if you take a $40 million quarterback, which is becoming cheap for a, a damn good quarterback all of a sudden, and a $25 million receiver, bada bing, that's 31% of this cap. And you got to sign 51 other dudes to go win a Super Bowl. So it's no accident that you're seeing this trend because teams, rightfully so, are picking a quarterback over the receiver. But this is a cautionary tale because this is going to be your Minnesota Vikings in two years. You're going you're gonna to do the Brinks truck to Jefferson, probably be done with the Kirk experience experiment, hopefully with the Super Bowl in the trophy case, and then you're going to do the, the quarterback on a rookie deal so that you can have Jefferson and hope that you strike gold in one of these, these youngsters. So get ready for it because this conversation is coming to a podcast near you in two years. <laughs> All right, what is the next thing that I have on? Oh, yeah, so I want to talk about these free agents on defense. This has been a defensive offseason, which is no surprise because for some weird reason, the defense head coach couldn't leave us in good shape with the defense. Uh, it tumbled in the last two years. So the big additions, uh, I guess Harrison Phillips is in there too, so you guys can mention him. But tell me, Rob, out of the, those big three, Zadarius Smith, a fabulous addition if he stays healthy from the Green Bay Packers, a turncoat. Jordan Hicks, who we talked about 15 minutes ago, or Harrison Phillips, which one had, whether it's health or sacks or anything, which one do you think will be like, God damn, that was a good signing in the offseason? I mean, you, you hit the nail on the head, you know, by saying it's healthy, you know, because that's going to make all the difference in the world. Uh, and, you know, hopefully last season was an outlier for Z, because uh, if you look at the, you know, entirety of his career, aside from last year, he's been really healthy and played majority of the season. I think he's just a different ma- difference maker on on defense and being back with Patton, you know, and if he can get into that roaming type of role and it's just going to free up so much other things for the guys on defense and especially for Hunter. And, and uh, knock on wood, if they can both stay healthy, I mean, to have those two as bookends and be able to have a big body like Phillips plug up the middle um, and even have big ends, you know, if we've got um, Tomlinson playing end in certain defensive schemes. So I, I'm really excited about Z and, and also another leadership guy. You know, they, they've really preached character, and I think the regime is doing everything they said they were going to do. And, and I don't think you can have enough of those guys. So bring on, bring on that juice and that energy. And I think, you know, I, I know that I love seeing a little nastiness and a little swag on defense. So let's be buttoned up. Let's be disciplined. But, you know, let's have a little bit of attitude with us, too. And he brings that. So I'm looking forward to it. Ron, I met uh, with my one of uh, my financial advisor today because my mother is selling her condo and I'm trying to buy it from her. And I wanted to get a recommendation from that dude. And he's a Packer fan. That's my dirty little secret. <laughs> and he was 
not happy that Pick a new one. I'm just kidding. <laughs> he's not happy that Zadarius had left. Like it wasn't like screw you guys. He was like, oh God, I hated to lose him uh, because he's a difference maker. So out of Phillips, Zadarius, and Mr. Hicks, Ron, um, is there one guy that will look back and be like, wow, that guy was worth it? Well, you know, and I will, I'll agree with everything that Rob said, but um, I think picking Zadarius Smith to be that, that, that option um, is an obvious one because he has the pro bowl, you know, history, you know, he's been a great pass rusher up until last year when he got hurt. So I will go and I will say Harrison Phillips because what he's going to do, what he's going to mean to this defensive front um, to allow those um, edge rushers to be able to get their work in. um, I think it's going to be extremely underrated. Um, Again, I have mentioned the Steelers numerous times on this show um, just because of how they run the three, four and a lot of it praise of Mike Tomlin, how he operates. Um, But my idea of a three, four. Now I know there's going to be a lot of, you know, four, two looks with in the nickel formation. Um, but in a base formation, you know, those three guys, like they're just supposed to be space eaters, big, big physical, and just eat up a lot of space and let the linebackers do their work. Harrison Smith and or sorry, God, Harrison Phillips embodies <laughs> that like, you know, 42 reps at the combine, you know, big, smart guy, you know, he's 320 pounds ish. Um, he can be that, out or the end in a three, four scheme or that nose tackle, depending on how they move them around, obviously Dalvin Tomlinson. And as of now, um, uh, Armand Watts are probably the starters, but everything he does, he's obviously a, a plus run stopper, um, which means then he also is making plays. And when you're a four, three defensive tackle to come into a three, four, um, having the ability to shed blocks and make tackles, um, in the run game is just as important as it is, is eating up space. Again, you look at the Casey Hayward, Stephon Tewitt, they're not just big body guys that, that do take up the space. They're not saying they're Aaron Donald, but they have that ability to make an impact in the pass rush as well as, um, you know, freeing up the other guys, um, to make their plays. So again, I'm not going to say he's Aaron Donald to this team, <laughs> but what he's going to bring um, that helps Eric Kendricks and Jordan Hicks, um, you know, on the back end, as well as those edge rushers, it gives you flexibility to do a lot of different things up front. Um, so I'm excited for it again, Mike, Michael Pierce, um, ideally would have been that perfect nose tackle yeah. spot to go along with those guys, but contract wise, it didn't work out. So um, who knows? And another name that I'll be happy if they take, uh, if they go out and take Jordan Davis mm-hmm. to play the nose and and uh, come in there and be that athletic big guy, um, I'm you all for it too. It. So yeah, we, I know not at all. We won't be hanging out here doing the show in 2025, saying why did we waste a pick on an interior guy like that? Again, the same thing I said about uh, off air about Tariq Woolen and being six four with a four two six forty. You can't teach six six three hundred and fifty pounds with a four seven speed. I mean, no. <laughs> you just can't teach it. When you were going through the depth chart, I saw this before we got on the show. I don't know if you guys follow that NFL rumors Twitter account. It has like 200,000 followers, and I can never tell if it's credible or if it just reposts, retreats things that it sees from other people. Regardless, in the wake of the Patrick Peterson re-signing, it listed the Vikings depth chart out in a nice formatted way. And uh, up front, it said Jalen Twyman on the defensive line. And I was like, what? Like, what do they know that I don't? Is Twyman is the uh, per- perennial, like they don't know Armin Watts or what's the deal here? I thought that was funny because, I mean, the last I heard of the guy was recovering from being shot. Uh, yeah. I didn't I didn't know that he was slated to potentially start at Donatel's <laughs> defense. Uh, Cora, I don't think he's going to start, but I think I can see him um, getting a lot of action. Yeah, that um, would I mean, be cool. He's, yeah, is again, he coming, very he's coming guy. back, right? He's white. Yeah. Yep. He's, he's very strong. Like, obviously, I mean, like he's, he was one of the strongest guys at the combine last year. Um, so again, he didn't, doesn't have the size to play a prototypical nose, but, um, I know he's close with Aaron Donald having that pit connection. Um, obviously close with Brian O'Neill as well. Um, but he, he he trains with Donald in the off season. So again, not saying he's going to be a first ball hall of famer, but (laughs) you know, when you have that, that training regimen um, and you have that, those physical skills um, you're going to have an opportunity. And, you know, from what I've heard, the Viking, like, he could have played last year, but the Vikings didn't want to expose him um, and ha- like risk losing him as one of those potential up and down guys, yeah. so, which is why they kind of got that medical clearance to put him on oh, IR okay. um, and just let him have a red shirt type year. So um, he was 
Hey, he was Tom Brady pick one ninety nine. So <laughs> yeah, you gotta you gotta. So we had a case in point last year on this. So right now I laugh at Twyman being a starter. However, if we when we did our show last March thirtieth, and somebody would have told me KJ Osborne was going to break out as WR three, I would have laughed and say like, "Well, yeah, he didn't play last year, but you have it on good authority that he's going to be any good." And I would have sound like a prick because you would have been correct. So it's uh, you never know what's going to happen in the offseason. KJ Osborne's rise to power in a couple of months was spectacular after he just didn't play on offense during the pandemic season. So keep that in mind. I didn't get your take, Cora, on biggest impact defensive free agent, Zadarius, Hicks, or Harrison Phillips? Um, I'm going to have to go with Zadarius. And um, obviously he is an amazing talent. And, you know, if he's healthy, it's going to be just insane to have him and Hunter knock on wood as many times as I can to make sure that they do stay um, healthy. But one thing that I really like about them, about him coming was like, I mean, he tweeted at meet at the quarterback. And if that doesn't fire up Vikings fans, I don't know what will. Um, And I can honestly, I think it'll just be really good to have him as like a leader on the team um, to have him just kind of like that personality and that um, just the, the guy. Mm-hmm. I guess. Cause Daniel Hunter's quiet. They always talk about, you know, he's just kind of like a quiet guy. He's just a beast and he's quiet. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, I mean, who on the team is that loud leader? Maybe Patrick Peterson, Peterson Harrison Smith's not very loud. You. Peterson and, so, and Hicks, the Cardinals yeah. boys. Mm-hmm. And so I feel like he's, he's going to be that kind of like, like insanely talented, loud leader Ever that like, is just like super there and super excited. Yeah. He'll kind of take Everson's mm-hmm. spot a little bit. Maybe not quite as, maybe not quite as out there as Ev. <laughs> we love that though. <laughs> I love, Oh, he's the best. Yeah. I wish anyways. He's got but... a big motor like Everson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Motor. Yeah. We need yeah. a talker like that. All right. So winding down the show in 90 seconds or less from each of you's Rob, m- absolute mystery quiescence reticence quiet time about anthony barr he's got a dead cap hit and he's not talking to other teams nothing leaks nothing about the vikings all we know is that quasi adolfo mensa said it'd be nice to have back if we had a good value on him does Barr come back to this team or no um i don't know i i I'm not, i wouldn't be confident i wouldn't be i wouldn't bet on him coming back um and you know, there, there was good years with Anthony, but I, I'd say he'd be one that I'll be okay that we kind of have to move on from. Um, you know, I, I just, I think even when he had opportunities to rush the passer, he never really, you know, even though he might have disrupted a little bit, he never really did what I expected him to do. But very talented, heck of an athlete. I think it's time to move on from him unless, you know, we can get him for really cheap. But then it's, you know, it just nobody else wants them, so we're just going to keep them. So I'd be okay with moving on from them, uh, but do appreciate everything. I was at the the game was in his rookie year against Tampa when he scooped and scored oh, yeah. in overtime for the touchdown. So, um, but yeah, but now I think it's time to move on from AB. Speaking of that, I mentioned this you this to you off air. I want to say it again on air to hold you accountable. I think a lot of us are going to the Miami game. And uh, if, if you can convince that awesome wife of yours to come down, I think a lot of us will be hanging out there for that Miami. And that applies to you too, Cora. Um, Cora, tell me about Barr. I, in my opinion, so on Vikings territory, I was pretty vocal that he ain't coming back because of his Instagram stuff right after regular season. It sounded like a surefire goodbye. But as each day goes by that there's seemingly no interest in him, like Rob said, like they're going to come crawling back or something. It seems like he could come back if nobody else wants him, I don't know why it's been so quiet about him. What do you think? I don't, I don't know why it's been so quiet about him unless his knee is more of an issue than he let on, but then he went to perform as well as he did at the end of the year. I'm not, I, I want him back. I, I have said in the, the first podcast I was on that he is, he's also one of my favorites, like O'Neill and Barr have been my absolute favorites. And I love the dynamic that him and Kendricks have the, the, fact that they like have played together almost their entire football career like they know each other and he's best friends with Harrison Smith and so like it would just be a really it would be awesome to keep that intact I don't know if we can and he's getting what like 
nine million. Yeah, that's a we talked year. about Spielman specials. That's another one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and I don't know how any of that would work in terms of getting him back. Um, but I mean, I feel like he's the kind of guy that, like, if no one was interested, he would come back and be like, "No, I'll just take this as my salary because it's I mean, it's nine million dollars." And I think, I think he can't restructure and take less if he like signed a two year contract. No, the, Cause I think that voided out. Yeah. The dead cap, a while ago, the dead cap is something you can't wiggle with. And my, my, I should have Sean on tonight, Ron, he could explain this to us, but I'm pretty sure that Anthony Barr's dead money is nine something million and you can't yeah. trucking do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. It's, to my knowledge, it's what he was due to get paid. There's no way around it. If they cut him, that's what it is. And there's no, there's no cap savings either. So, so I think, I think, I think ideally for him, he can go get more money somewhere else. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of do that double dip, like yep. where, you know, get cut here, get the 9 million and go, even if he signs a 5 million elsewhere, that's $14 million that he's bringing in. Right. Um, so, so Ron, I think and- maybe, maybe he'll do it. If he's not, in- if there's no interest anywhere, I bet he's back. And then he's, and he I bet it's small. Two marvelous plays last year against the Ravens, yes. and then a marvelous game against the Rams. When that, remember I that game? Remember, remember that game where Stafford had like three picks in the first half, and it never felt like we even had a chance to win the game. That it, Barr was a madman in that game. So it's I don't think he's washed now. Now if his knee is like uh, Bradfordish, then that's a different story, and perhaps yeah. that's why there's no chatter. But Ron, in sixty seconds or less, take us off air with your Anthony Barr prediction. Well, you know, if you would have said at the beginning of the offseason, um, I would have loved to have him back. And then when Miles Jack got cut, I would have loved to have him in, um, bring in all three of the guys who played together at UCLA. <laughs> um, but, you know, we signed Jordan Hicks. We signed Zadarius Smith. I just don't see um, much space for him, um, just whether it's salary um, that he would be looking for or roster spot. While he does bring versatility, I would love to have him back because um, I think he could be a nickel linebacker alongside Kendricks or a pass rusher. Um, it just gives you options. So I'm not um, one that's opposed to bringing back talented players. Um, if, if you're paying them that 9 million, might as well let them play. But um, the one thing that is always concerning with linebackers, especially that are six, five, um, their knees tend to give out. Um, and, you know, that's kind of a history of a lot of these guys. So I do, that does concern me going forward, but you know, if you can get a few good games out of them um, or, you know, a few big plays out of them, why not? All right. Well, that's all the time we have. Rob and Cora, thanks for joining us. Any any parting thoughts? Appreciate y'all having me. <laughs> Cora, yeah, thanks, thanks for joining. Thanks for jo- uh, joining in a pinch. I want to tease that Jordan Reed is joining us on 420, April 20th. Uh, we have him nice. a week before the draft, and we'll get to pick his brain with hopefully an even more updated Vikings roster. Ask him about Kellen Mond. What's the story with Kellen Mond? What would he look like if he were in this draft class? We'll ask him about his prediction for the Vikings, yada, yada, yada. But that's all we got for tonight. And Skull Vikings. They blew all them bodies all over the room Them doom and gotta move fast Why the purple's coming? Snatch up me yummy So nigga don't think it's funny I'm coming up quick and then not quack cause... Without the ones like you Who work tirelessly to keep things running Everything would suddenly stop Hospitals, factories, schools and power plants They all depend on you No matter the weather, emergency or time of day You're the ones who get it done At Granger, we're here for you With professional grade industrial supplies Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.